today I want to talk and take your attention towards there is more through prayer. Simple thing. And I think once in a while as a church, we must understand the basics of who we are. Uh, uh, you, you know, it might sound like a Christian cliche here, but uh, uh, you, you know, I've heard a lot of sermons where preachers have preached about this, that uh, uh, a, a prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. Have you heard that before? A prayerless Christian is a powerless Christian. In fact, we as the children of God, we gain our power uh, in the spirit through prayer. Uh, and you and me, we have an access to a realm that is beyond the natural eyes can fathom, the natural eyes can recognize. And when we start praying in the Spirit, when we start praying to God, we are gathering our thoughts together in a realm that the natural realm can understand. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. We're praying and seeking to God in a different realm. And at that time, we have to understand that he who has started a good work wants to continue the good work in our life and through our life. But when we engage in a time of prayer, we're engaging with him in a supernatural realm. And as the child of the living God, we must understand that every Christian here, you must talk to God. How many husbands here you talk to your wife? How many wives here you talk to your husband? Well, we all do so. How many children here you talk to your parents? Parents, we talk to our children. See, any relationship that is valuable to us, we spend time. We spend time in talking to them. Some people say that wives spend like 25 to 30,000 words a day and husbands is like 5,000. I don't know the equation there very much and clear. Uh, uh, but uh, one thing that I know that if you love somebody, you talk to that person. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. So if you are a child of God, you must talk to God. It's as simple as that. If you know that you are redeemed by Jesus, you must talk to him. How do you talk to him? A lot of people, you know, when they start praying, you know, some people have starting trouble in prayer. So they say a 50 hallelujahs in the beginning and a 50 hallelujahs in the end. They have starting trouble. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I pray that we understand that talking to God, you don't necessarily bring all the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Talking to God, you don't necessarily have to bring all the Christian jargons that you know and you want to show everybody and some people pray in that aspect that they want everybody else to know that I'm a praying Christian. So you want to communicate all the scriptures that you have memorized from your childhood and you just blast it out. Brother, sister, we don't need to know that. But I pray that our personal prayer in our personal space, when nobody sees us, is as clear to God that God is not confused. Sometimes God is confused by the words we say and the scriptures that we quote. We try to put up a show. And I pray that today we understand. Talk to God the way you talk to your friend. You pick up the phone and you talk to somebody. How do you start your conversation? Hey, how are you doing? When I talk to my brother, I just pick up the phone. I'm like, what's going on? It's an random conversation. Why? Because he's my brother. I'm related to him. Are you with me? And I have this confidence that however I start the conversation, he's going to respond to me. And when we talk to God, I pray that let it not be just that one hour or 15 minutes that we do a day, but we understand the lifestyle of prayer that we begin our life and we live our life. We end our life by knowing the very important fact and the foundation there that our life revolves around having conversation 
with God. Sometimes our prayers are just one-sided. We talk to God, but we are so busy that we don't have time to listen from Him. Have you ever had conversation with people where you are the one who's talking? Or have you had conversation with somebody that it is them who is talking to you and when you have a time to respond, they have no time to listen to you at all. When I tell you 15 minutes is my max or less than that, I will be out of that conversation soon. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. When we talk to God, wait and pause for Him to talk back to us. Because I believe in a Bible that mentions that He has ears that He can hear us. He has hands that He can touch. And He knows what we are going through. And I pray that we will come to the presence of God from the brokenness of our life and everything that we are feeling and let Him know, God, I'm struggling. I'm going through. We can be open and transparent with God while we talk to God. Today, I want to take your attention towards, um, you know, the scripture that I want to mention here is from First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. I know I have preached this sermon at our church many years ago. First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10 is another elaborate effort to bring your attention towards there is more through prayer. There is more through prayer. I want the young people in the church, the little children in the church, whoever is listening to this message, I want you to understand there's so much that you could do through prayer. And as a Christian life, let's have the foundation right that we are building our life on the foundation of prayer. Are you with me, church? Everything that we begin in our life should be with prayer. Overcoming labels, lids, and limitations of our life is done only through prayer. Man's efforts fail, but any sort of labels, lids, and limitations should always be done by prayer. You know, listen, prayer does not change God. Prayer changes me. Let me repeat that. Prayer does not change God. If prayer had to change God, then we would have had a, a, a God for every person in the way they wanted it. But prayer changes me, the way I see my circumstances and the way I see God working in my life. Prayer changes me. So I'm confused sometimes when I see Christians who say that they believe in God, but their life has never changed. Why? Because they have not spent enough time talking to God. When you talk to God, He talks back to you, which makes me understand here that prayer changes us. The way we see God, the way we see our circumstance, the way we interact with people around, it's the communication, it's the language that develops me. Prayer changes me. Are you with me, church? I pray that even before December 31st uh, comes by, even before we end this year, I pray, I pray, and I ask my church to have a habit of prayer where prayer is changing you and your life will be successful more than ever before. You will have and you will operate in peace of God, joy of God, not because you have a lot of bank balance, 
Not because you have everything that the world is offering you, but when you start praying to God, you will have a peace like never before. You will have joy like never before. You will experience the healing of God like never before. And I pray that we as a church, we start in the foundation of talking to God. When we talk to God, He talks to us. What a beauty it is. Hallelujah. Abraham was an idol maker. Along with his family. That's what he does. He has been doing that for generations. His family has been doing that for generations. And they were making idols. One day. In between his idols. He heard a voice. It's not a voice from the idols. But it was the voice of the God. Who created heaven and the earth. What I understand today is just. Idols cannot talk to us. And it may not be one of the murti idols that we see in the temples. It could be our money. It could be our wealth. It could be any sort of wealth, possessions that we have in our life like an idol. It can't talk to us. Only God can talk to you. And only He can bring peace in your life. First Chronicles chapter 4 verse 9 and 10 is the story of this one guy named Jabesh. Just two scriptures that we see in the Old Testament about him. This is how verse 9 starts. It is on the screen. Well, let's read together. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. And keep me from harm. So that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. I love how the scripture ends there. Just two scriptures that talk to us about so much. About a guy. About him. Nothing much is mentioned before. Nothing much is mentioned later. In, you know, whenever you do Bible, how many of you have done Bible study, you know, like you have started from Genesis and you go through Matthew and you want to finish all of the scriptures in the one year and you go through the study and especially if it is me, I get so bugged up when I see all the genealogy names comes up. I'm like, this person begat that person and that's how their relation. I'm like, can I just skip this portion and just go? But because I had to be in Bible school, you know, they wanted me to read the scriptures like three times a year. Uh, and they asked me questions from the who begat whom and who gave birth to whom and all those questions. So I had to do my study in that aspect. I could not skip those portions. But I know there are people here, you get so irritated when you see all of those genealogy portions and you easily want to turn the flip the pages there. That in between all of the genealogy here in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10, talks to you about this one guy named Jabesh. His story is so interesting here that his mom gave him a label that I gave birth to him in great pain. I know there are moms in this room and, and, and I cannot understand the pain that you go through. And, you know, I was talking to Lindsay the other day and uh, I, I can't understand the pain that you go through when you are giving birth. And I'm sure all the mothers in this room, you have given birth in pain. But as we look through this portion here, historians, theologians help us understand that his mom almost died while she was giving birth to Jabez. 
And that's one of the reasons why she just gave him the label pain. As baby Jabez is growing up, everybody calls him, oh, he's such a pain. Fill in the blanks. He's such a pain in my life. He's such a pain in everything that we have done. He's such a pain. But listen, his efforts in life has always tried to beat the labels that men has provided in his life. His all efforts in life was to just be successful like any and everybody else. And that is why verse 9 talks to us about Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. He worked hard really for the honor that he wanted to receive from his community. Are you with me church? In the Hebrew Bible, when you look into the word honor, it talks to us about you give honor and you get honor. You walk in honor and you will be honored. He did so much to just receive the honor that he has received. In other words, his efforts to just overcome the labels people have put in his life never added up, never matched up to what he was doing. Even though he was honorable, but still he was carrying his life with pain because of a label that his mom has put in his life. Wherever he goes, he's addressed by that label. That label is the lid, the limitation to where he is actually wanting to go. And a lot of us here in this room right now, or you might be tuning in and watching online, a lot of us might be living a life of that kind of a struggle where somebody someday has put a label on you. And your life is stuck and messed up and you are completely under the lid limitation of that label. Praise the Lord. And this is what people want to do all the time. Just because of you, you know, sometimes, you know, we just do one incident happens in our life. One incident happens in our life and all our friends will call us by that name. Have you ever been in those places? Just one incident happens in our life. And then we are addressed by the label for our lifetime. And I'm sure there are people in this room who are under labels that people have put in our life. That you are a failure. You, you, you can't do anything much. There's nothing big out of your life. People have put different kinds of labels around you and over your life. Sometimes we've been operating just because we can't overcome those labels in our life. But one day, Jabez realized, if there is one person who can turn around my life, it is not by my merits, my strength, whatever I do in the natural realm cannot help me, but I, I have to talk to somebody who is the supreme authority over my life. The one who knit me in my mother's womb. The one that called me even before the foundations of the earth were set in order. The one who called me by my name. Even before my parents thought to conceive me. I'm going to take up this to my God. And my God can answer it. And that is where you see. Verse 10 says. Jabesh cried out to the God of Israel. Jabesh cried out to the God of of Israel. I pray that there will be a group of people, parents, children, listening to my message. The label, the struggle, the, li the limitation that you're going through will not end where you are at right now, but you can overcome that only if you know how to talk to the maker, the creator, heaven, 
and the earth declares that I, the Lord, I am for you. I, the Lord, I am with you. Are you with me, church? The labels that people put on our life. And I pray today some of us will understand. I can overcome that. What God says is the final word over my life, not what people has to say. Now I declare the word of God Almighty that is living and breathing and active is the weapon that God has given to us. That when we declare the word of God, it brings us access to a realm that we cannot understand. It will give us peace and joy beyond any natural limitations in our life. Jabesh cried out to the God of Israel. Listen. Max Lucado, one of the um, 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 writers, this is how he says, Our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. How beautifully he has written this. And I loved it. Sometimes we don't pray because we think that nobody is answering. Nobody is listening to us. It's just empty words. But listen, our prayers may be awkward to ourselves and people around us. They may not understand it. The pain that you are in, nobody else can ever understand. Moms, the pain that you go through when you are delivering that baby, you and your husband who is right next to you will never be able to understand it. That's your pain. You're dealing with that. But listen, our prayers may be awkward. Our attempts may be feeble. But since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. Brothers and sisters here in this room, I pray that we develop a habit, a, a, a cultivate a habit here where we design ourselves to talk to God. Our prayers make a difference. Our prayers make a difference. How many of us have our family prayers? Let it know that at 8 o'clock, we gather together in our living room and come together. We sing a song, read a psalm, and we pray. I grew up in a Christian home. Our family prayers at home, no matter what it is, it was around one and a half hours. And the simple reason is my mom decides to pray for at least 45 minutes to one hour. Family prayers. And whenever I am there at the house and my mom prays for 45 minutes, I'm like, mom, this is how I just tell her. And then she stares at me. How many children here, you understand the way your mom looks at you and you know the whole language completely? Nobody else can ever decode that language. But your mom looks at you. You're like, oh, okay, you carry on, mom. I'll just sit here. How many of you have been in those places? But I am thankful for a background that I have received where we honor God as a family coming around to seek Him. I pray the families within our church will recognize the power of a family prayer. Families within our church, members within our church, recognize the power of you going in your personal closet with God in prayer. Praying is talking to God. It's not just a show that we put up. It's talking to God. Jabez realized, my mom cannot understand the pain that I am in. People cannot understand the pain that I'm dealing with. 
My brothers cannot understand the pain that I'm going through. I have worked really hard. I am successful. I am more than honorable. Than among all my brothers, I'm considered wealthy and good. But still I'm living in pain. But only God can answer. Verse 10 begins with, And Jabesh cried out to the God of Israel, who never sleeps nor slumbers, who hears me. Who is for, who is for me? You know, the enemy will make you understand that nobody's around you. God is not for you. As Bless was leading worship and as we were singing that song today, every time we sing that song, the blessing here, I pray that it's a prophetic declaration that the people understand that God is for me. The enemy will try to convince you that nobody's around you. I'm just going to ask my church right now, just look around you. Sometimes the way God works in your life and for you is by the people around you. Are you with me, church? Praise the Lord. The way God will work for us is by the people around us. God uses people to bless His people. Look around you. You might have your husband, your wife, your children, or your friends sitting right next to you. I pray that at Zion Church we will cultivate a habit where we pray and we intercede for one another because we are a family together in Christ Jesus. When somebody goes through pain in their life, we won't just leave them. I pray that we will come around them. We'll pray for them. But in the story, Jabez is all by himself and you might be in those places in your dorms in your school when you're away from family and church and if you're listening to me from elsewhere where your family is not around you I just want to let you know you are not alone the God of heaven is on your side when you pray brother sister God listens to your prayer and he answers you you're not by yourself you feel lonely today I want you to curse that devil out of your life in Jesus' name. He will make you believe that you're alone, you're lonely, you will never make it, your life will be destroyed. But look at the devil in his eye today, curse him out in Jesus' name. Let him know, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who's on my side. My family, my children, my, my future will not derail the way it is right now. But God is on my side. He is for me. God is for me. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Number one, a few things that... Um, that, that I want to mention here is prayer must be a first response to every situation. No matter what situation is, headache or cancer. Somebody on the deathbed or somebody just born. But prayer must be the first response to everything that, every situation in our life. In a, you know, when I was growing up, anything that I received in my life, it could be a pencil to a pen, to cash or to any gift, before I even opened or used it, my parents helped me understand that first you pray about it. First you pray for it. In other words, any gift that you received in your life, just thank God for the gift that you have received in your life. Don't be so excited that you just open up. And, and so anytime Josiah loves, and every kid, they love to see and receive gifts. And every time Josiah gets a gift, you know, we make it that he understands that, hey, you know what? First you thank God for the gift that you've received. Are you with me, church? And I pray that all of us would understand in our lives that anything that we have is the gift of heaven. All the blessings that we have received in our life. I pray that we understand that and we thank God for it. That's your prayer. As you're thanking God 
for the gift God has blessed us with. Prayer must be a first response to every situation. Sometimes when we go through some deep troubles, we immediately call the best friends that we know. We know that they will come for us. They, they are uh, they're watching our back and they are for us. But listen, when you are in that situation, why don't you take that to God first? Why don't you have the habit, God, I am messed up. I don't know what to do, but I know only you can help me. Can I tell you, when you make that prayer, the right person who can help you will come in your life. Not every number you dial will come to help you. They may say they will help you, but they will walk out right when they hear the trouble and the mess that you are in. But can I tell you something? When you have a habit of taking every situation to the feet of our Abba Father, He will bring the right person who will bring you out of that mess. Let's us make it as a habit in our life. A habit that we cultivate in our life. In every given situation, I take you to God. I take you to God. Be it pain, be it rejection. Be whatever failure it is in life. Be whatever mess it is in my life. My God is not angry with me. Are you with me church? God is not angry at you. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. And today I request our church. Take every situation in your life to God in prayer. As we look into that scripture, 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. The prayer of Jabez is a couple of things here. Number one, Jabez, um, Jabez asked God to bless him. Two, he asked the Lord to enlarge his territory or increase his responsibility of influence. Three, he prays that God will be with him and stay close to him. Four, Jabez asked that God keep him from harm so that he will be free from pain. See, these are some of the basic necessities in a human's life to be protected, to be valued, to be taken care of, to be respected by people. These are some of the things that we as human beings, we deserve, we long for in our way today, day-to-day life. And Jabez is asking the Lord here, Lord, that you would bless me. Your blessing is above every other blessing that the world can offer. Your blessing is above every other blessing that I can accumulate in my life. That you would bless me, Lord. That may your hand be upon me. That my God, I want you to bless me, O Lord. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, there's so much that you can earn with your six figures or your eight figures if you have that. But the blessings of God is beyond that. The peace of God is beyond our six-bedroom houses. The blessing of God is beyond the cause we draw. The blessing of God is what we need in our life. I met with people who don't have enough, but they are satisfied because they believe they are blessed by God. Their family is blessed by God. And I pray at Zion Church this morning as we come together in agreement, Lord, that you bless Jabez, bless me and bless my family, Lord. The blessing of God is the holistic peace of God in our life. See, listen, when you have the peace of God in your life, no matter what struggle you go through, but you will have confidence that in Christ, you are victorious. I met with somebody recently in India, in Bangalore, during my trip. I met with this family, this um, older gentleman. His 
battling his stage four cancer. But man, I tell you the joy on his face. Oh my God, he's bedridden. The doctors have given him just days to live. But the joy on his face, I've never seen on anybody else's face. The peace that he's carrying while he's bedridden, while he's on his bed, while he knows that he just have days to live. That blessing comes from God. That's the peace of God. And I pray that we as a church, we understand that I need the blessing of heaven. I need the blessing of heaven. Jabez realized that and he cried out to God, God, that you would bless me. That you would bless me. Listen, I remember mentioning this at church many months ago and somebody came back and said, Pastor, thank you for that word. And, I, and I'm going to repeat that today. Nobody can curse, but God has blessed. I'm going to repeat that as a statement, as a prophetic word here. Nobody can curse what God has blessed. You are blessed by God. Your family is blessed by God. Your children is blessed by God. Your job is blessed by God. Your house is blessed by God. Demons cannot curse. Witchcraft cannot curse what God has blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I've told you the story many times. Uh, they were, you know, when we planted our church in Bangalore, India, there was a lot of witchcraft that was done to destroy, to kill our house entire family in fact once we found something written uh, our names were uh, uh, you know encrypted on it and there was a date that this whole family will die and it's been 20 years we're still alive and we're working hard for God demons cannot destroy your life and your future if God has blessed you his blessing is the protection around your life his blessing is the protection around your family you know, I remember when we planted the church, we built the church. Every day we walked outside, we see, uh, uh, you know, chicken head chopped and uh, blood in front of our gate. And there were lemon and there were a lot of witchcraft things that people do in India. And, and we used to see, and sometimes, you know, jokingly, I've mentioned it, you know, please give me the whole chicken. We'll make a good chicken curry and give it to you. Because I know one thing, demons cannot curse what God has blessed. His blessing is a protection over your family. God's blessing is His grace covering you in every situation. And I pray today the church realizes I need to be blessed by God. I need to be blessed by God. My family needs to be blessed by God. Seek Him. Let Him be the first priority in our life. Numbers chapter 23 verse 8 and 9 is a scripture here that um, is so beautiful. This is how it goes. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I curse those that God has not cursed? How can I denounce those whom the Lord has not denounced? For I see them from atop the rocky cliffs and I watch them from the hills. Behold, a people dwelling apart, not reckoning themselves among the nations. You know, in the Old Testament, one guy was bribed to come. A prophet was bribed to come. And curse the nation of Israel. He looks at them. He says, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? In other words, if I curse them, that curse will fall upon my life and my future and my family. And I declare today, the workspaces that you work at, the school, colleges, the way where you go and minister, I pray you are a blessing of God in that area. You are a blessing of God in that area. People and their opinions 
cannot curse you. You are a blessing of heaven in that name. As we look into the scripture, Jabez asked the Lord, Lord, enlarge my, my territory, my reach, my influence. Enlarge me, O oh Lord. It's a prayer. Lord, I am honorable, but today I'm praying that you will enlarge my territory, my influence. That I have been limited for a long time because of the label that I'm carrying. There's a lid on top of me that I can't grow beyond it. But God, I am just praying that today will be a different day in the history of my life. That you will just bless me. That you will enlarge my territory. I pray there are people in this room, brother, sister, the calling of your life is not to be just limited within the four walls of your kitchen, four walls of your living room. I pray the calling of God in your life and I come against every demonic spirit that says that I am wrong in this. In Jesus' name, my influence is not to be just in the four walls of this church. I declare the influence of this church is not to be limited within the four walls of this media here. I declare, God, that you will bless me, that you will enlarge my territory of influence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And that is why, Brother John, along with us, as we partner together at Frisco, I pray our influence reaches to all nations from Frisco, all around it, all surrounding nations. I pray God's work will be done in God's time and God's way with people that he has chose to bless. Praise the Lord. And I declare the Lord told me something very, um, a couple of months ago, I was with a pastor, a friend of mine, and he said, Pastor Justin, this is what a prophetic word that I want to give to your church. Anybody who associates with this ministry will be a blessing for many nations. And I received it. This is what he said. Anybody who associates with this ministry will be a blessing for the nations, not just the cities around. Praise the Lord. And I said, Pastor, I received that word. Because I don't want us to be limited by what we see in the natural realm right now. And the next couple of weeks, I just want to encourage my church family, spend some time in God. Talking to God. Oh, He talks to you. He will talk to you. I pray when you talk to God and He talks to you, you are coming closer to Him. When husband and wife, you come closer to each other, you know so much about each other. There's a bonding. That is unseparated, cannot be separated at all. We must grow in our intimacy with Jesus. Some of us are very happy the way our life is functioning right now with one and a half hours of time and service and everything is so good. I can't put my tithe and I go home, enjoy the cool worship experience. Brother, sister, church is more than that. A Christian life is more than that. It's almost like somebody has made a subscription plan on Amazon where everything receives and reaches you. Other writer pastor spoke a good word. He gave me four points. I am good. My digestive system will work today better for my lunch because everything is so good and the worship team killed it today. It's so good. You are receiving for the subscription you played. No, brother. Our life as a Christian is more than that. Listen, never count yourself as an ordinary citizen here. He has called you to be an extraordinary weapon in the hands of God. Pray to God. 
In other words, if praying is a word that everybody in your household has used and it kind of talks like, oh, it's very spiritual. Talk to God. I just want to use that word, talk to God this week. I bet you he will talk to you. In your anxiety, in your depression, whatever you're dealing with, God will talk to you. Maybe through people around you. Or maybe by the Bible reading that you have. But I am sure he will talk to you. My God will never keep himself away from the people that he loves. He says, you talk to me. Oh baby, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. Praise the Lord. Listen. Psalm 34 verse 19. Can I have the worship team? Psalm 34 verse 19 says, The righteous person may have troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them all the time. Let that be a prophetic word. A righteous person may have troubles, many troubles. Sometimes, you know, when people, new people, when they accept the Lord for the very first time, come from a different religious following background, when they come, they think, oh, Christian faith is all about your having a takeoff in your life from your depression, from your anxiety. You're having a beautiful takeoff. Oh, wait when the turbulence happens. That's when you start calling upon the name of the Lord. Listen, Christian life is more of a roller coaster ride. We have the ups and downs, but always constant enough faith that Christ is on our side. A righteous person will have many troubles in his life. He will have. Are you righteous? You will have a lot of trouble. Are you alive and beating like your heart is beating right now? You're not dead, right? You will have troubles. Good luck. But the good news is that you are not by yourself. But the Lord delivers him from all of it. I think this is the word that God wanted to talk to some of us today. And this is the word I want you to highlight today for the rest of the year. The righteous may have troubles. Good news. God is on your side. Can we all rise up in God's house? I want us to make a faith confession here. Lord, I think I have been in a place where I have walked away from you. But God, I want to come back and start talking. And I pray it'll be a deliberate action we make in our life. God, I want to come back to the place where it all originated. I want to talk to you. Jesus, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you like a, in a new lover that you have found. Not if you're married, no. Um, if you're single, of course. <laughs> How do you do? You, you, you want to talk and you want to find the person. Their likes, their dislikes, and everything, and anything, and everything. Then you keep talking to that person. I remember the days when I first met Anisha. And uh, it, was, uh, it was almost 10 years ago. 12 years ago. Long distance. Facebook was barely making it. I had to keep refreshing my phone to just see if a notification has come or not. I didn't want to eat dinner because I want to talk to her. I skipped my meals and skipped my sleep because of the long distance. I was in India. She was here. But I would just want to talk to her. And she did the same. I remember this is, this is too much information on public right now. But uh, everybody knows us. So. <laughs> but I remember the first time that we started talking to each other. We spent almost close to 28 hours. Just trying to know each other. 28 hours. 
I didn't sleep. She didn't sleep. My mom called me for dinner. Mane, dinner ready. I'm like, it can wait. I just want to know her. I want to know Jesus. And I want my church to know Jesus. I want my young people to know Jesus. All of you guys who are behind the cameras, who are working here tirelessly every week so that this ministry, this, this message, this worship can reach hundreds of people all across. I pray and I pray. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know the love of God in your life. As Blessed is going to lead us uh, in a song right now, as we're going to spend that time in prayer. And when also, this is the moment that we take it in our life to make a commitment. God, I want to walk in your ways. I want to start talking to you. I want to start talking to you. Help me, O oh Lord. Help me, O oh Lord. Let this be a commitment.